0: Welcome to your Truth Reveal video podcast sharing the power of self-knowledge. I'm Erica Marcoux. Episode 3, Know Your Neurotransmitters, is the first part of an interview with Pam Magamel helmley This interview is about brain health and balancing your neurotransmitters, the chemical messengers between nerve cells to improve mood and sleep all of season one helps you to be your own health expert as i interview industry professionals to explore your hidden mental and physical health potential my guest today is pam machamel helmley she received her bachelor of science degree in scientific nutrition from texas a m university She is the Chief Science Officer of Wellnessity and the CEO of NeuroGistics Corporation. She began neurotransmitter testing to help clients deal with sleep disorders, anxiety, depression, and focus. She co-developed a way for people to take a clinical test kit at home. And these tests indicate critical areas of wellness, including brain health, digestive health, hormone health, and foundational health. This interview is to help people who want to reduce anxiety, elevate mood, and improve focus. Know that you can take an at-home test to show your neurotransmitter levels and make changes to improve your health.
1: You know, you do not get fresh neurotransmitters from a synthetic medication so they redistribute them but they can't give you fresh the only way to make your brain chemicals is through the proteins in your diet
0: pam i am so pleased that you are here today to share your knowledge with our audience thank you so much i'm so happy
1: to be here thanks for having me erica
0: by measuring actual biomarkers you can determine what is out of balance and create customized nutritional and dietary solutions to bring levels back into normal ranges. It's really exciting for clients
1: to be able to take their health in their own hands and do some things that we consider foundational because they're nutritional in basis. So cleaning up your diet, stress management, but measuring some biomarkers that you might not get in a basic health and wellness check at your clinician. So you're able to look at these levels and do something about them to take action on them. And we love anything that is complementary to something you might be doing. If you have mm-hmm. to take medications for your thyroid, for example, we want to make sure that nothing is contraindicated for that, but you're doing things that will truly make a difference in your well-being.
0: That's excellent. I was one of those customers. I had no idea I could take an at-home test to actually look at the neurotransmitters. And what was helpful for me was to be able to see the facts behind mm-hmm. how I was feeling. So I had a, a lot of trouble sleeping. It's nice to put
1: numbers to the feelings, right? Yeah. Or to quantify something. And, you know, a urine test, because it is excretory. It's leaving the body. It's not perfect, but the ratios are what's really indicative of what's going on with you. And so we love working with children and adults that are having issues. So it's fun to quantify it and go, wow, if I eat more of this and I do this type of exercise because my body is really stressed and take these natural supplements to make more of those neurotransmitters, it can literally change your life as it did mine." Mine.
0: Oh, can you share more about your own story?
1: I can. I spent some time uh, as a young child in Europe. And when I was over there, I was much healthier than I was in the United States. We took fish oil. We did tryptophan. We walked everywhere. We had a refrigerator, of course, the size of a one that we had in college. And we had fresh foods every day. And in school, we walked to the beach for lunch. Wow. So it was such a conducive atmosphere, and I wasn't sick over there because everything wasn't Mm dairy-based. We didn't have the gluten problem. When I came back to the United States, I got pretty sick.
0: How old were you when you were in Europe? Probably
1: kindergarten, first grade. I had been told all along, you have hyperactivity. You sit in this chair, we're going to set a timer, and you're not going to move for that amount of time, and I would be doing headstands, you know, on the <laughs> chair. And I rocked in my chair for hours on end with and a blanket. And you
0: because you were diagnosed with I,
1: Well, I didn't get diagnosed with Asperger's until I was much older. Back then, they didn't have a term for it.
0: How old were you when you got diagnosed? Um, Probably in my 30s. Oh, goodness. So... Wow. I'm on the downhill
1: slide to 60 now, a long time. But I spent 25 years trying to balance things. Well, I realized when I was in college that I needed to do something different I wanted to be more normal because I wanted to be able to wear jeans like my college roommate. You right. know, I wanted to be able to eat foods that had had these different textures. You know, I would have to look outside and say, oh, shorts. That means, oh, yeah, it is summer semester. I need to wear shorts and then I could bring it all back in.
0: And why was that not clicking?
1: Normally, I think that as I had more and more food choices on my own versus my mom who made healthy meals, I think it intensified. And also the stress of, you know, living by myself Mm -hmm. for the first time in a college dorm and realizing how truly different I was. Mm -hmm. You know, in high school, I had a ton of friends, I was a bit of an adrenaline junkie. But they didn't know how odd I was that like I didn't sleep or that I had to roll myself up in a sheet plus a blanket to be able to sleep because there's a lot of sensory integration Mm. issues that can come along with a child on the spectrum. And of course, diet plays such a role because you've got to have a healthy gut to have a healthy brain. And when I got my genetics back. Oh, probably three or four years ago, I thought I spent 25 years to figure all this out and I can just
0: do this one test.
1: Now, it wouldn't have told me how to solve it, but it certainly helped because there's a lot of commonalities genetically to, to folks that are on the spectrum.
0: That makes sense.
1: And I had to change. What I was doing dietarily, I had to support my brain because genetically, my family doesn't make neurotransmitters the way that it should. Mm -hmm. Neither does
0: mine. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Americans are kind of unique. You know, we're such a melting pot. Yeah. We're not a pure society as far as genetics. And so we're kind of tricky. We are All of us are so different. Yes. (laughs) I agree. I see some commonalities, you know, when we look at genetics, of course, in other countries and Americans are, are, are quite the difference. But by that time I had children, I was incredibly dysfunctional, Aww. you know, between hormones and neurotransmitters are so closely related. And I, I know we'll talk about that in a yes, minute. Yes. But um really grateful to find a biochemist that said they'd been doing it in Germany for a long time, this testing. And he said, you should try this test on one of your patients. And I thought the craziest person I know. I'm taking this test myself. And so sleep was a big issue. No no more than two and a half hours. And so it really, it really did change my life you wow. know getting my brain balanced and then working with all the people in the pharmacies that were coming in that were failing medication
0: therapy mm-hmm. so it was a, which is more common than i realized it's amazing you know yeah. you
1: do not get fresh neurotransmitters from a synthetic medication oh, okay. so they redistribute them but they can't give you fresh the only way to make your brain chemicals is through the proteins in your diet It's the only way Wow, we have a lot of uh, folks that will come through that are vegan or vegetarian and they're not getting enough rotation of proteins. Mm -hmm. So we have to talk about, let's make sure you're really rotating the nuts, the seeds, the beans, you know, to get all those different amino acids. It's exciting to be able to affect those kinds of things through diet and supplementation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So one of the movies that I've seen recently was Temple Grandin. Oh, love her. I just think she is amazing. I mean, she grew up autistic, barely mm-hmm. able to speak. Right. And has contributed so much. Oh my goodness. In and terms her understanding. Of her understanding, her ability to articulate it. When I learned about her in graduate school helped me to understand myself.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Because I thought, well,
0: I'm not autistic, but I am extremely sensitive. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading the chapter on her and she said, well, yeah, put the weighted blanket on and you'll just feel relaxed. So I didn't have a weighted blanket, but I I got onto my couch and I just put a bunch of pillows on top of me Mm -hmm. and I went, Like, that works.
1: <laughs> it's so wonderful. I have a very heavy one. And my husband knows if he has anything else to say to me before the weighted blanket goes on, you better hurry up. Because Get it, it out. calms the whole nervous, nervous system. system. And we are that combination of genetics. But you also have to think about what was the in utero experience. Yeah. Did mom have any fight or flight experiences? Right. Um, I specialize in my own practice within my company in internationally adopted children. And now I do a lot of domestic adoptions. And what what's so interesting is, you know, these moms, many of them knew they were going to give up these babies. And so their brain was very excitatory during the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And the child's brain then is developed thinking that that is the norm. Mm-hmm. And so they work very hard to keep that excitatory homeostasis. Yes, And so in order to calm that brain down, it takes a lot. Mm-hmm. So there was a study done by Karen Purvis at Texas Christian University, mm-hmm. and I had the benefit of getting to meet her. Some of the children that didn't qualify from the study, I was able to work with them. And we found that it took about three months or longer to really start calming that brain that had a heightened expectation, you Mm -hmm. know. So if the door slams, they responded for a really long time versus, you know, other folks.
0: We adopted our daughter when she was seven. Wow. So she was in foster care. Mm -hmm. I've always been on the lookout for her having maybe an overactive nervous system. I'd love for you to talk about what neurotransmitters and hormones that you do test Mm -hmm. and why. Absolutely.
1: We do a panel that's Mm -hmm. our most prolific one, the ones that that we have the most data on. And we test um, seven neurotransmitters, but we'll start with serotonin because I consider it kind of the mother of all neurotransmitters. And serotonin is so important because it plays a role with our mood, with our energy, Um, It can cause carbohydrate cravings if it's too low. It affects our sleep cycle. Through a number of pathways, our serotonin converts into melatonin for a good sleep cycle. I see. And so it's really important to have healthy levels. And in the U.S., we have very low serotonin levels because we eat so much gluten. So and gluten
0: a, decreases serotonin levels? It does.
1: We make almost 95% of our serotonin in the GI tract. Mm-hmm. So we have 7,000 square feet of villi in the intestinal tract. So if we're putting this glue in there, which is what gluten is, it adheres to those Jeez. villi and prevents the absorption of our serotonin.
0: And a lot of people don't know <clears throat> that we have that much serotonin in our gut versus our brain
1: right we think that our brain chemicals are only made there but they're not not. just like our hormones women say well I had my ovaries out so I don't have any more estrogen yet we test their levels and they're still healthy because we make them in a lot of places that we don't even know so it's pretty exciting very interesting but you know serotonin is really important if you think about children goodness almost all children's snacks are carbohydrates related, unless we're mm-hmm. really being diligent with fruits and nuts as they get older and things like that. Because there's a downhill flow in the synthesis, when you're in conversion of neurotransmitters, serotonin has to be up there. What
0: it, do you mean by a downhill flow?
1: Explain. So that. one neurotransmitter will convert into another, kind of like serotonin converts into melatonin. Okay. Now, we can make those neurotransmitters independently, but we really want to have a healthy downhill flow of all of those neurotransmitters. So, serotonin will convert into dopamine.
0: So, that's the second neurotransmitter. Yeah. No mm-hmm. So, now, it's, is it almost like a waterfall? The serotonin comes down and then it can convert into melatonin. And Mm -hmm. even dopamine. Right.
1: And then norepinephrine, epinephrine. So there's a lot of neurotransmitters there. Now, it's not the only pathway, but it's an important pathway.
0: Is it the primary pathway? I
1: think that serotonin is one of the most important neurotransmitters to have in a good ratio. So think about everything in life for us is stimulating the phone rings, you slam the door accidentally, that causes the brain to respond Mm -hmm. with an excitatory response. Mm -hmm. Oh, what was that? Or, oh, I need to slam on my brakes in the car. Someone stopped quickly in front of me. The only way to calm the brain from that stimulating response is with serotonin and GABA, Uh our calming army that has to run into the synapse and go, wait a minute, you're not supposed to be here. And you think about those friends that you may have scared when you were a kid and they recuperated right away. But then there's the friend that was shaken for 20 minutes. So their calming neurotransmitters Mm -hmm. were subpar. Yes, And the same is true with folks that go into surgery or have a baby. Balanced body and brain, whether it's hormones you know, or your brain chemicals, helps you endure whatever you know, we, mm-hmm. we come across in life. Mm-hmm. Dopamine is our joy neurotransmitter, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of folks that come and tell me that I don't have any more joy, and I'll ask about focus and memory and drive and motivation and You'll usually find that there's some other concomitant things that go along with that. Okay, Dopamine is the focus neurotransmitter that we hear so much, you know, particularly when it comes to ADD or ADHD. And they use stimulants for that. It's much Mm -hmm. like other folks that use caffeine, same mechanism, push dopamine into the synapse so that we can focus better. However, sometimes dopamine receptors aren't very healthy Mm -hmm. or it's genetic. That, yes. you, that you'll see it in a family you know you can look at the family tree we have lots of families where we have three generations that have gone through
0: well good for them yeah for it's really on it it's really great as a family
1: just supporting dopamine can help it not everyone is going to get their levels into a perfect range mm-hmm. but dopamine is in, important I realized that there was A problem with my dopamine. I was painting my house, and I really wanted to do it, and you know, I was really excited. And we painted the house, and I was like, "Okay, that task is done." Instead of being, "Wow, I've been wanting to paint the house this color for so long," you know, and and feeling the joy of all the things that you should. I know that a lot of people talk about when they have PMS liking chocolate. Uh Well, there is an amino acid in chocolate that plays a role with dopamine. It's it's D L phenylalanine, and does that um, increase dopamine? It does increase dopamine dopamine. So it makes you feel a little bit better. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a very delicate balance with serotonin and dopamine. So for women, we don't tolerate as low levels of neurotransmitters as men do because at ovulation, dopamine goes up because that's our libido, that's our drive to mate, our serotonin drops. So that person can be irritable, right? Mm -hmm. At ovulation. And two to three days before the cycle begins, they both drop. So now we are fatigued, maybe a little moody or depressed. Excellent to be around. (laughs) And agitated. And so then things normalize, you know, a little bit after. So our women really don't tolerate it as much. So dopamine is important and you know norepinephrine and epinephrine are Mm -hmm. important too those two neurotransmitters in other countries they call them adrenaline and noradrenaline which is is something that we kind of know we just talk about adrenaline junkies
0: why do we uh, Mm. refer to it differently here in the US? Um,
1: it's just that we feel that it's more precise based on the molecule itself Okay, but of course the Europeans do it's kind of like why do we use the measuring system that we do and they use metric it'll be nice when we're all on one page. Noradrenaline or norepinephrine also plays a role in focus and mood. and it plays a role in sleep just like serotonin does Mm -hmm. and you kind of think well why does the stimulating neurotransmitter play a role in sleep well you have to have enough and you have to have balance for sleep to happen i see so norepinephrine converts into epinephrine Mm -hmm. or adrenaline and that's our get up and go Or it's our too much get up and go. Yes. A lot of our A-type personalities will be elevated in their excretion values of norepinephrine and epinephrine. They'll have worse sleep and uh, more anxiety.
0: Dr. Thomas Boyce, he is a pediatrician and wrote a book about classifying children as a dandelion or an orchid. Right. So the dandelion is one of those children who can recover quickly. They can flourish in any kind of environment. Survivors. They're survivors. Survivors of stress. Yes, of stress. And the orchid is very sensitive. Mm -hmm. I was definitely the orchid child. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Me too. Yes. There's gifts to it. And I really think that people need to understand that there is a difference in their recovery. So if they experience the same mm-hmm. stimulus, there's just a longer recovery, or at least that's how I experience it. Or I have to compensate with the neurotransmitters to be able to be more in the normal range.
1: You bet. And there's so many studies. There's this one that comes to mind that, that is so profound to me. Women that were raped they studied them and their response to stress and the way the brain responded. And women that were flashed or had a non-physical abuse and many times the brain responded the same. So the wow. response as far as PTSD could be equivalent, you know, in each person, even though it was not a physical
0: assault. Our feature product for this episode is the My Brain Balance app. Ad- Home neurotransmitter test. Stress, a poor diet, and genetic factors can cause these chemical messengers to get out of balance. And with the Wellnessity program, you'll receive supplemental and dietary solutions to bring your levels back into normal ranges for overall brain health. Go to your truthreveal.com/ store and use promo code TRUTH for a 20% discount. In response to this interview, I was asked, How can you have a healthier brain? In order to have a healthy brain, it's important to have a healthy lifestyle. This includes one, getting enough sleep, two, eating well, and three, exercising regularly. Let's first look at sleep. Why is it important? Sleep plays such a big role in our overall health and well being and getting enough sleep at the right time can increase your mental and physical health. It also affects your quality of life and even your safety. When you're asleep, your body is working to support healthy brain function. Toxins are removed in your brain that build up when you're awake. Having good sleep hygiene is the way to go for brain health. Second, everything that you consume has an impact on your brain. This includes food, supplements, and more. The kinds of food you eat and the amount of food that you eat is very important for brain health. Limiting the amount of sugar, flour, and alcohol that you consume improves your brain. Also, taking supplements like fish oil helps. Lastly, when you exercise, your blood pressure and blood flow increase everywhere in your body. This includes your brain. When more blood and oxygen is pumped into your brain, your brain performs better. Remember, sleep, food, and exercise equal a healthy brain. Episode four is the continuation of this interview with Pam McAmel-Helmley it's really great to just know that you're doing something better
1: for your body and it lets your body adjust. Mm-hmm. You are changing the biochemistry
0: of your body when you start taking action on doing something healthfully. For more learning, download your free worksheet and join in the discussion. I encourage you to go to yourtruthreveal.com. Also, please subscribe and add a rating and review at your truth revealed on Apple iTunes. Thank you for listening. I'm Erica Marcoux in Austin, Texas.